Welcome to Arise Esther, a podcast for today's Esthers, women who are ready to rise up with courage and faith like Esther of old, who stepped up to lead when life was tough but faith was fierce. Hi, I'm Dawn Scott Damon, your podcast host. I get to talk to some of the most resilient women on the planet, all who faced trials head-on and triumphed. Now we're here to help you do the same. So turn it up, Esther. This is your moment. Have you ever seen a walking miracle? I mean, a bona fide miracle. You know, God still does that. Well, you're going to see one today and hear a story of an amazing woman who has overcome. My guest today suffered from an intracerebral hemorrhagic in other words, a massive stroke at the age of 29. And then she developed epilepsy due to the stroke. She's a walking miracle. She felt called to share her story and her journey of faith and perseverance and resilience and grit to encourage others. My guest believes that God has a plan for each of us. And so do I, by the way, but life is about your choices. Have we heard that before? And even with her difficulties, she was able to become an adoptive mom of a sibling group of three. I want you to welcome to Arise Esther today, my guest, Lori Vober. Hey, Lori. Hi, thank you. I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we appreciate you and all that you've been through and then your willingness to be vulnerable and to share your story. And we are eager to hear it because, wow, not many people go through that. You have a story of faith and perseverance. You've gone through challenges, this massive stroke at age 29. Tell us about that. Yes, actually, uh, it was uh, quite uh, unbelievable and um, unpredictable. Um, I suffered a massive stroke, like you said, at age 29. It was uh, based on a malformation of blood vessels on the right side of my brain. It was never detected. I grew up having migraines all my life, but uh, we never detected anything. And as God would have it, um, I worked in the airline industry and corporate uh, marketing and sales up to the three weeks prior to my stroke. And my husband and I had been trying for several years to start our family. And uh, this was uh, right before our fifth year wedding anniversary. And uh, a job had come, uh, a job opportunity had opened up at our church for me to accept as their office manager. And so I decided to make a drastic career change um, to go to our church. And we had hoped that maybe less travel, less stress would help with our family planning. So I made that transition in January of 2003. And in hindsight, I now know that uh, transition was not for our family planning purposes or a career move. It was really to save my life because three weeks later, I had my massive stroke and I was at the church. Whereas had I been at the airlines, I could have been on an airplane. I would have been in the office building. You just never know. So God has a plan for everything. And uh, I was at the church. It was a Friday afternoon, many times actually at church on Fridays, I was alone. And this time I had a coworker with me, um, 
My parents lived nearby. They had moved actually 18 months earlier um, to uh, Minnesota to be closer to my husband and I, since we were trying to start a family. I'm an only child, so they wanted to be close to us. Mm -hmm. And so I called them when I was not feeling well and uh, asked if they would come join me at the church because I wasn't feeling well. So I did see my parents uh, before I lost consciousness, but I lost consciousness before I even went to the hospital. And uh, I went through a five-hour brain surgery um, that night to stop the bleed. And uh, oh, I woke up uh, 17 days later and out of a drug-induced coma. And I completely had lost my left side. I was completely paralyzed. And it spent the next two months in the hospital. We went through another brain surgery. It was a 10 hour brain surgery to remove the malformation. And um, that was successful. We removed the malformation so that another stroke would not happen. And we went home at that point to live with my parents. Our house had stairs, which I couldn't mm -hmm. maneuver yet. And what I didn't realize, uh, because I was so focused at the time on uh, my um, recovery, is that the airline industry was not doing well. My husband had also, uh, he was an aircraft mechanic, so he was working in the airline industry. What I didn't realize is uh, with uh, September 11th, um, aviation was not doing well. And so about two months later, he had lost his job. So we were in Minnesota with uh, me uh, having a massive stroke and being disabled and my husband um, now unemployed. Oh, and so uh, we started a job search and um, as luck would have it, we found a new position for him in Arizona. So we are now living in Arizona. We've lived here now since um, July of 2003. And uh, we thought at the time that we were coming to Arizona for his job. But again, God had a plan. Mm -hmm. uh, and the fact that uh, he brought us here, I believe now for my recovery, I don't think I would recover um, nearly as much if we had stayed in Minnesota. And and I uh, found a brand new neurotherapy um, facility here in Arizona when okay. we moved here. I was one of their very first patients. And I uh, put all my efforts into rehab for the next seven years. It was my full-time job. I put six to eight hours a day in my recovery. And that is all I did day in and day out is uh, concentrate on um, physical and occupational therapy. And uh, if I was not in my clinic, I had my own in-home clinic. And uh, that's all I did is I uh, work um, day in on day out on getting my function back. Well, you know, that's just an amazing first part of your story right there, because one minute you're just experiencing some excitement in life, you're in a job change, and then you get sucked out of your life. You wake up 17 days later. I mean, these are what movies are made of, these kinds of stories. And then you now are in rehabilitation for seven years. I have to ask the question, were you ever tempted to get angry with God? What was your relationship with God like at that time? I mean, I think it's a paradox. We, we know we need him, but we're angry at God too. You know, I was extremely blessed with a strong faith prior to my stroke. And I'm very, very thankful for that. I became a strong Christian. Um, I accepted Christ um, as my personal savior, my senior year of high school. So, and I met my husband at church. And I do have to say, um, God has a plan for everything. Um, my favorite Bible verse is Jeremiah 29, mm -hmm. 11 through 13. And, uh, um, and, and, uh, 
God even had a plan for my meeting my husband and the fact that my husband uh, uh, grew up with a mom who um, battled cancer much of his life. Mm-hmm. And so I say even uh, even to the point of my husband um, is a perfect mate for me because he knew, uh, God knew I would need a man in my life that um, would be able to take care of someone who had sure. medical issues. Um, so God had a plan all the way through. Um, God has given me the amazing ability to look at things in a non-emotional uh, manner. Uh, he uh, has been able to um, protect me, I think, in many ways, looking at my stroke from a physical standpoint. I like to exercise prior to my stroke. So from the very beginning, I looked at my stroke recovery as a physical um, aspect and just kept thinking if I would just exercise harder, if I would just push harder, I will get better. And so I think he protected me a lot emotionally and helped me not to get into a depressive state and to mm-hmm. a mental state. Um, by by that, I have to say, um, I the uh, scar tissue interacted with my brain soon after we moved to Arizona, which caused the epilepsy and the okay. seizures to start, and so. that was very difficult. That emotionally was very difficult because I had no control over the seizures, and uh, that was more emotionally taxing on me than the uh, stroke was. I don't think I ever really necessarily got angry with God. Um, but, uh, emotionally that was difficult because at that time we didn't have a lot of friends yet in Arizona and, uh, people don't understand when you have a stroke or a brain injury, a lot of times you're the same person on the inside. You're just different on the outside. Mm-hmm. So, yes. um, and that was very difficult. And so I think you just have to, um, find it within yourself to keep persevering. And God had always given me the attitude of a glass half full, not half empty. And that serves me, has served me well throughout my entire life. And, uh, and that, and my attitude of persevering through all my challenges, um, which I've continued to do, um, has really helped me throughout my entire life. Yeah. So I can see that as I'm talking to you and hearing that in your voice, that you are a woman who is resilient and very tenacious. And that has something to do then with I think, uh, excuse me, the title of your book, because what I'm seeing is the title of your book, Choices. When you are faced with a challenge, what choice will you make? Talk to us about your new book, because clearly you've had to make a lot of choices about attitude and spirit and what if you're going to even get up today and go exercise. What prompted you, obviously, to write this book, share your story? Yes, I had talked uh, for several years about writing a book, and uh, and I really thought when I when I did write a book, it was going to be more of a stroke book. I thought it would be more of a stroke uh, uh, resource um, type uh, book, and uh, it was actually a year ago that uh, during COVID, um, I have had the very blessed opportunity once I got better um, to become more uh, avidly involved in our women's ministry at our church and become a Bible study leader, and that is 
just a complete joy of mine to connect and fellowship with uh, my women. And uh, I've had the opportunity to do that um, both in person and I lead um, women on Zoom every week. And uh, I think because I was not able to connect and fellowship for so long, I'm even avidly more passionate about it now and making sure that women have that connection and fellowship opportunity. And uh, it was during COVID that I took my ladies on Zoom and uh, I really heard God for the first time say a lot of authors are coming out with their books, with their Bible studies. And I gave you a story. Um, I saved you from a stroke and you have not done anything with it. Hmm. So get writing and do mm-hmm. something with it. Mm-hmm. And so I can, went to my husband and I said, hey, God's telling me I really need to write my book and get started. So I just started typing and started typing my story. And uh, it, it kind of just manifested as I started typing really uh, our whole story. And as it, as it manifested, uh, it really turned into... Um, our whole story, uh, which was not just the stroke, but it was the stroke and the epilepsy and the job challenges and the job losses and um, our our love story and what we've been through. And then the adoption and adoption parenting and homeschooling and um, natural consequences of parenting. And it just, it manifested into so much. And really this uh, book, I believe speaks to everybody on so many levels because it doesn't matter what we go through in life. We're all faced with challenges, some big, some small. And when we're faced with challenges, we all have a choice to make. And what choice are we going to make? And that's my challenge to myself and my challenge to others is when you're faced with a challenge, what choice are you going to make? That's a great title. I love the whole premise because I too am a woman who, you know, I push myself and I've, I've overcome some things as well. Like you mentioned, as so many of us have, most of us obviously have overcome something to get to this place in our life that we are. But some of us have more trauma than others. And so choices become very important, don't they? And when you named the book Choices, I'm thinking that's that's a great name, an interesting name. And I could see that maybe somebody with a little bit of a victim mindset might say, you know, but you don't know what I've been through. They can't get away with that with you, (laughs) can they? And, you know, I think God, God uh, blessed me in so many ways, um, knowing that, uh, uh, you know, that he just, he just knew, I think he's protected me in so many ways uh, to be able to handle things uh, emotionally. And, and, you know, the fact that we have adopted kids that uh, have gone through uh, their own challenges and uh, their own traumas and their own uh, mental challenges also. And I think God's given me the ability to help them and uh, uh, help, uh, help, help others along the way. Um, Let's talk about that a minute. I want to, we're talking about the children and that's part of your story too. So if we get back on the sequence of things, so now you're living with epilepsy, I understand. So that had to have interrupted your plan to conceive and have children. So you and your husband, and what's his name? His name is Danis. Yes. And we've been married. Um, we'll uh, celebrate 24 years in two weeks. Okay. Wonderful. So you guys decide you still want a family. So how did this adoption come? You, you, again, you made a choice to say, I'm not going to let my disabilities 
take away our opportunity to be parents. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So we really felt like at uh, we were right at basically seven years post-stroke. We really felt like, okay, we're at a crossroads now. We could uh, really enjoy our life at this point and travel and uh, just uh, get back on track with uh, uh, where we left off, or we could um, invest in others. And from the time we were married, uh, we were very avidly involved in Compassion International. We had always had Compassion children. We had four kids um, throughout our entire marriage. Um, One little boy we had uh, uh, starting at age five, we had him and we had him all throughout um, until he aged out of the program. And we're still friends with him on Facebook today. He's grown up and we're still friends with him. So um, we've always contributed um, to kids. And we thought, you know what, Uh, this is our chance to um, continue that. And so uh, we really felt called to James 127. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and we knew some friends in our church who adopted. And so we just started looking into that option. And uh, based on uh, where we live in Arizona, and uh, the different options, uh, we felt um, called once we started looking towards the Latino community, um, based on my epilepsy and my stroke, um, Columbia was the best um, opportunity for us. And so uh, that we just kind of went from there. Uh, My husband and I are both only children. I thought I was going to marry someone with a big family. He thought he'd marry someone with a big family. And we ended up marrying each other. We're both only children. So we knew one day if we, uh, if we did have a, uh, a family, we'd want uh, a bigger family. So that's why we decided to adopt a sibling group. Beautiful. I want to read the scripture that you mentioned, James 127, for those who might not be familiar with it. Religion that our God, our father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress. So beautiful. You said this is God's will for our lives that we're going to. So you adopted a sibling group. Did you say three or did you? Yes, they yes. were three. I was, uh, uh, we had adopted a son. He was age six, a daughter age eight, and another daughter age 10 at the time. And uh, they are now 17, 19, and 21. Oh, man. So again, how, how beautiful. And thank you for your choice. Did you now it's one thing to have a baby and get used to the idea. It's another whole world to all of a sudden take three children into your life. So I'm sure that that has been extremely fulfilling and rewarding and challenging as well. And what did you learn through that? Uh, And what have you learned through, through the adoption process? I learned that we weren't prepared. (laughs) <laughs> as most parents aren't, I learned uh, that it, uh, the adoption journey, as in p- any parenting journey, is full of blessings and challenges. And I've also learned that uh, our story is not finished yet. And I'm sure God has um, a bigger and uh, 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 plan yet unfolding that I um, don't see. So um, there's, there's a whole bigger plan out there that, that we don't see. Yes. Amen. So your book, is that your book behind you there? Yes, it is. Choices. It is. Why don't you hold that up for us just in case we do put this on YouTube so they can see it. But for the listener, she's holding up this beautiful book called choices. 
Now, if someone buys your book and they're reading through it, what are you hoping that their takeaway is going to be? I really hope that they will get um, four and foremost um, hope and encouragement from it. I hope that they will realize that um, that there is a huge God out there who has a plan for them and uh, that they will um, they will understand that. Um, it, just because things don't work out just like they think they're going to, it doesn't mean there's not a God. It just means that um, things just didn't work out the way we expect. And life doesn't always turn out exactly like we expect, but that doesn't mean that there's not a plan. It just means that things didn't work out the way we expected them to. But if we'll keep our eyes on God and keep our eyes open, um, there's still a bigger plan out there. And uh and uh, um, so I just hope that, uh, that that's my biggest message is just to um, don't lose hope, don't lose encouragement and uh, uh, keep going, keep persevering because uh, there's, uh, uh, there's always uh, a new opportunity around the corner. Yes. And you know, many times things don't work out the way they hope. We hope they will. They don't. And sometimes we're even tempted to say, God, I don't like your plan. I know you have a plan. I just don't care for it. But there's times where the scripture that I know it sounds cliche, and yet it's the most powerful, beautiful scripture of Romans 8:28 that says all things do work together for good. For those who love the Lord, they're called to his purpose. So don't panic when I always think about it as there's another ingredient coming. It's working together. If I started eating something that I was preparing before all the ingredients were in and the bake time was in, I might say, this tastes terrible. I don't want this. And I've been in that place in my life where I'm like, God, I don't want this. I don't want this testimony. I don't care if I'm going to use it for your glory later on. It hurts. You know, I went through a divorce after 28 years of marriage. I don't, I did not want to go through that. But I think I'm hearing you say, when you hang on to God, keep your eyes on him, keep trusting him. It's, it's a huge amount of trust, isn't it? Isn't this yes. a choice too? Trust isn't a feeling. It's a choice. It's another choice. I choose to trust you, God. I choose to keep my eyes on you. I choose to believe you, Father, that this is all going to work together. It's not easy, but it's doable with the power of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? It is. It is. Faith isn't easy, but it, it, you know, it, it's, uh, again, it's a choice and it sounds easy, but it's, it's, Again, it, it's a choice. So what, what other options do we have? And uh, curl up in a ball and pout and have a pity party. And, you know, at the end of the day, be miserable anyway. Right. And sometimes that sounds good. But at the end of the day, what do you have? Right? Right. Right. So what's the future plans for the Vober family? Well, or for you? Um, right now, I'm going to, you know, finish launching this book, which I'm super duper excited about. Um, I do have a devotional that's in the rough draft form that's um, on, my, on my next horizon. So I'm going to be uh, working on that next, which I'm very excited about. Um, my, my future project, which I'm also very excited about, I really never thought this would be um, coming, but uh, again, it's part of God's plan. You just never know. Um, I have definitely um, uh, 
through the writing journey and through all my contacts, um, uh, God has definitely um, worked in my heart on on new opportunities. I would love to start my own podcast in the future. Yeah. And uh, um, I have a great heart for stroke survivors. That definitely is my niche. And I definitely would love to do a, a podcast for stroke survivors because I think we all need um, a voice. And I look back to the days uh, of when I had my stroke and uh, there's just not an avenue. Uh, and again, like I said, at the beginning of our time together today, so many times when we suffer a brain injury or a stroke, we're the same person on the inside, um, but we've changed on the outside and no one, um, a lot of times we don't have an avenue to express that. And so I would love to start something where uh, someone would have that opportunity to express um, their feelings and express their emotions and express their story. So if I can give them that opportunity through a podcast, I would love to start that. I really want to encourage you in that. That is a great vision. And I want to give a shout out to, to my friend, Nancy Bowens. Her daughter was, I believe, the same age as you, maybe a little younger when she also had a stroke. And so I am a, a small bit familiar with, with the devastation of that and stroke victims afterwards. Like you said, you, 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 you were living your life and then something interrupted and it's completely different and changed. I love the idea of a podcast for stroke survivors and to encourage them and give them hope. I think you're the perfect person to do it. So good. Let me know how I can support you on that. It's wonderful, Lori, to have you on. Where can people find you and where can they get your book? Your book is now available. Yes, it'll be available starting on Friday, uh, this Friday, March 11th. And uh, yes, you can find it on uh, um, all the different retail sites, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart.com and uh, ChristianBook.com. But they can also find uh, all the ordering options on my website at LoriVober.com. LoriVober.com and all of those websites will be in the notes, the show notes at the end of our podcast for you who are listening. So Lori, final thoughts, speak to the listener who's just hanging on every word right now. I just want to thank you again, Don, for letting me uh, speak to your uh, your followers and your listeners. And I, I just final thoughts to uh, to those who are listening is, uh, you know, just if you are going through a challenge, uh, uh, don't lose hope persevere. And, uh, you know, life is not easy and life does not always turn out like we plan, but uh, hang in there. And, uh, you know, there is always um, a bright sunshine around the corner. So don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. Beautiful words to live by. You've been listening to Arise Esther and I'm your host on Damon. Hey, all you modern day Esthers, I have a question for you. I'm going to leave you like I always do. Is this your moment to arise? I hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. And hey, if you've not done so yet, why don't you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss another episode. Or you can visit us at AriseEster.com. And while you're there, make sure you join the movement. Visit us today to get connected. For more information about me, Dawn Damon, visit DawnDamon.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for a free breakthrough strategy session. Until we meet again, keep rising. This is your moment.